Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. Welcome to the program, and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast. I am, as always, your humble host, Michael Boldia, and it's good to have you with us once more. Uh, Today is, let's see, October the 5th, the year of our Lord 2023. That reminds me in five days, actually six days, uh, it's going to be my wife's birthday. So uh, I got to get on the buy some flowers thing. Uh, I know, I know. I'm so romantic. Look, we've been married for, let's see here, 23 years. So uh, the fact that I still remember her birthday every year, and I still know what her favorite flower is, I'm not expecting credit. I'm not expecting anyone to do a slow clap. Still, I, I love my wife to death. We have two beautiful children together. And I still remember her birthday after all this time. Uh, I, I forgot our anniversary once, but so did she. Uh, it was the year that Victoria was born, uh, our eldest, uh, because Victoria was born on uh, June 12th, and uh, our anniversary was June 17th. And so we were just so uh, focused on keeping a baby alive. The first one, I, you know what? The first one, you're wearing kid gloves and you're hoping and praying and hoping and praying that, you know, you wake up the next morning and it's still breathing. The second one, you've come to realize how resilient babies are. Uh, I'm not telling you to drop it from a third story window or anything, but some parents do go overboard with the, you know, kid glove thing. Uh, Children are very, very resilient. Uh, first one taught us that second one, uh, she's, she's a beast. Uh, she's a little tomboy. She'll, she'll come and she'll punch you in the gut for no other reason than to show you how strong she is. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's the way it works. Hey, you're thinking to yourself, I tuned into this guy to hear about important things. Well, it's important to me. Uh, my wife, my kids, my family are important to me because everything else going on in the world, what are you going to do? It is what it is. You can't affect it. Uh, even, even, you know, look, I'm not, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble. Every single time something happens to, to shake things up, uh, and, and right now I, I get the feeling uh, that it was just, uh, it wasn't a real shakeup. It was, it, was, it was sort of a Fugazi shakeup. It was a distraction from everything that's going on. It was a distraction from uh, the fact that even though uh, the, the, the interest rates and the Fed yields are up, you know, nearing 20-year highs, they still haven't been able to curb inflation, which tells you that uh, we're going to hit recession with a hyperinflation as a side dish. So it's it's about to get brutal. So I really... I'm not overly concerned about uh, who the Speaker of the House is. Uh, They did manage to oust McCartney, which uh, a lot of people said was an impossibility, but it was because the Democrats wanted it. And so every Democrat voted to oust McCartney, 
or McCarthy. I know it's, it's it, well, who cares? Uh, to oust McCarthy and then a couple of Republicans, whatever it was. Uh, but yes, he is out. Uh, and now uh, it's, it's another drama-laden couple of months to see who the next Speaker of the House is going to be. And of course, pardon me while I sip from my delicious beverage, by the way, it's black, it's hot, and it smells like caramel. I don't like the smell of, of fake caramel, honestly. It's, uh, it's, it, it's not the best, but beggars can't be choosers. And so it was the only coffee bob pod that I saw. It, I made it uh, against my better nature. Uh, I, I need to go shopping, I guess, or at least hit some estate sales to get some of the, you know, dollar for a dozen coffee pods that people who have died didn't get a chance to drink. So excuse me, pardon me, I will sip and we will return to talk of what is going on in this country, in the world, uh, and why every single day that passes, we're one day closer to uh, very, very bad things happening. That hit the spot, even with the artificial caramel smell. Um, But yeah, McCarthy's out. Uh, Who's in is anybody's guess. Uh, A couple of people have already thrown their hat into the ring, one of them being Steve Scalise, the other being uh, Jim Jordan. Uh, But this is going to drag on. And the reason I started talking about this is because there's a lot of people going... Yeah, they're going to nominate Trump for Speaker of the House. Then uh, Biden and Kamala are going to resign, and Biden's going to be de facto president. We need, we, need, we need to stop grasping at straws, people. We need to realize that these people will not give up power so easily. They, they, they will do their utmost to try to retain the power that they have, because even with the power that they have, there's a lot of things coming out. Uh, you know, it's sort of like gases that are trapped in a corpse at the bottom of the lake. Eventually, you see one of those bubble to the surface. It's, it's what's happening right now. Uh, and I think this is more of a shot across the bow than anything, to be honest with you. I think uh, before uh, they go... Ah, the Epstein route. This is this is sort of a warning uh, to Mr. Menendez that uh, if you don't keep your trap shut, uh, there's things that we can do uh, shy of, uh, you know, <laughs> having you commit suicide with two to the back of the head. Uh, they're reinvestigating... Uh, a report that Bob Menendez's wife shot, uh, struck and killed a pedestrian with her car back in 2018. Now, this thing got covered up so well that this is the first you're probably hearing of it. This is how you know that, that there is no equal distribution of justice. Justice is blind. Oh, by the way, did you hear about the guy with the fire alarm? Oh, that was hilarious. They were, they were supposed to vote on something. Uh, and, there, and there's a congressman who, trying to impede the vote, uh, <laughs> went and pulled a fire alarm. Uh, and they're trying to justify it and excuse it the best way they can. Come on. Everybody knows why you did it. It's like 
being in high school and you're ready to take a test, you didn't study for it, what, what can I do? I'm going to go pull the fire alarm. Come on. These are, these are elected officials who are in charge of guiding this nation. This is why uh, it's in the condition that it's in, I'm assuming, because this is the kind of people that get elected to office. These are the kind of people that get elected to, to lead you and me and, and chart the future for your children and grandchildren. That's scary. Uh, if that doesn't scare you, I don't know what to tell you. But yes, uh, that, that whole fire alarm thing was just hilarious. Uh, it, it, come on. This is, this is what we've uh, lowered the U.S. Congress to. This is what we've lowered the U.S. Senate to. This is just, it's, it's absurdity. This is why I don't trust anything either side does, because they're trying to distract, they're trying to deflect, they're doing their best to get the average citizen to look at the shiny object over here while they're doing what they do behind your back. That's the easiest way I can put it. Uh, but uh, it doesn't matter what the voters say. It doesn't matter what uh, anybody votes or how they vote. Uh, there are a certain group, both in the Republican and the Democrat side. Again, my position has always been and continues to be. There no longer is Republican and Democrat in this country. There's globalist and nationalist. All right, and people that want a, a globalist system don't give, you know, aren't concerned with your opinion, aren't concerned with your welfare, aren't concerned with anything other than pushing the agenda. So there's a Democrat senator by the name of Bennett. And uh, Mr. Bennett, uh, apparently having woken up on the wrong side of the bed and probably consumed a little too much caffeine said that he will definitely shut down the government if a bill to keep it open doesn't include Ukraine funding. Now, you know my feeling on this. The Ukrainian government is as corrupt as any government in the world. The Ukrainian diplomats are as corrupt as any diplomat in the world. Uh, the U.S. has financed the bank accounts of a lot of dirty people in Ukraine. And the people are hurting, the people are dying, the people are starving. My brother, uh, what was it, 15, 20 minutes ago, came by and showed me a picture of some 40 people dead uh, in, a, in a supermarket. Uh, it, it was bombed. It's horrific. I mean, one, once you get used to seeing dead people on the street, just, just laying there, your corpses, that, that, your psyche's gone. Look at the people of San Francisco. If that doesn't tell you it's not a good thing to see dead people on the side of the street. I don't know what will. But that's another topic altogether. Uh, Mr. Uh, Bennett, Democrat Colorado, said he's definitely willing to shut down the government if a bill to keep it open doesn't include Ukraine funding. Again, that's his prerogative. My concern and question is this. Where is this kind of passion where is this kind of emotion? Where is this kind of line in the sand when it comes to veterans, 
when it comes to senior citizens, when it comes to people who've bled for this country, who've lost limbs for this country, who are suffering because of the things that they went and did somewhere and noxious gases made their lungs Swiss cheese, where is the passion for them? Because apparently we're willing to throw them under the bus at the drop of a hat. We're willing to use them as leverage. We're willing to use them as pawns. And go, well, you know, eh, whatever. Okay, yeah, funding for the, uh, what is it, the, the VA. Eh, well, 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 we'll look at it next time. What, uh, uh, veterans uh, making more in their pension than illegals from the first day they come here? Eh, we'll look into it next time. Comes to funding for Ukraine, Mr. Bennett said, we're going to shut it all down. Uh-huh. We'll just get, lock it up, lock it up. If we're not going to fund Ukraine, look, the English are saying they're running out of weapons to send to Ukraine. And anybody that, that floats the idea that maybe, perhaps, just so we can avoid the death of another 100, 200, 300,000 people, force the Ukrainians to sit down at the table by restricting funding and weapons, because that's the only thing keeping them afloat. We're using them as a proxy to wage war against the Russians, and the Ukrainian people are dying because we are using them as a proxy to wage war against the Russians. And the leadership of Ukraine, they've seen what kind of money can be had from, from flying to the U.S. and dressing in camo and shaking Nancy Pelosi's hand. So they don't want that gravy train to end. They, they feel towards their own citizens the same way politicians in America feel about you. They don't care. If you die today or tomorrow, they don't care. If you got back taxes owed, they'll come knocking. They'll kick your kids out in the street and take your home and sell it at auction because, you know, everybody's got to pay their fair share. While crack addicts are making tens of millions of dollars from Chinese governments and and, and that crack addict happens to be the current president's son. But hey, no, there was nothing untoward there. He's just a genius. I mean, you've heard of multitasking, haven't you? Crack pipe in one hand, calculator in the other. We'll make your business run, son. We'll make your business run. Come sign with us. So if you're not wholly disgusted, by everything that's going on currently in the U.S. government, by everything that's going on currently in the American church, then you haven't been keeping up with what's happening. Speaking of which, Andy Stanley, I know, came out of left field. I don't want to talk about some dunce Democrat in Colorado who said he's willing to shut down government if we don't keep shoveling money into Ukraine. I just wanted to make the point. Where is that kind of passion when it comes to veterans, to senior citizens, to people that actually contributed, to people that actually bled, to people that actually suffered for this country? Why don't we put them first? Just once. I know. It'll be a break from the norm. It'll come out of left field. People will scratch their heads in surprise and go, what is this? But why don't we put American citizens first for once? 
Huh? Veterans, maybe. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. It's a Thursday morning. But the fact that these people are willing to, you know, go to the mattresses over funding for Ukraine when they won't lift the finger for funding for, for VA, for veterans, for, for, for senior citizens is uh, disgusting on its face. And I think this is why I, I segued to Andy Stanley because I'm disgusted. Stanley is finally sharing his thoughts about criticism over his involvement in a recent conference for Christian parents of what the megachurch pastor repeatedly referred to as gay kids. Stanley, whose North Point Community Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, hosted the Unconditional Conference. See, there you go. Unconditional, people. If homosexuality is not a sin, nothing is. But let's get into it because... The argument he makes is so infantile that I don't know how Andy Stanley can be called a pastor by anyone. Stanley, whose North Point Community Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, hosted the Unconditional Conference last week, spoke candidly to his congregation in a message Sunday that, unlike the rest of the church's sermons, was not live-streamed on North Point's digital platforms. I wonder why, Mr. Stanley. I wonder why. In the audio recording of the sermon leaks to social media, well, at least somebody has infiltrated Andy Stanley's congregation and is doing the Lord's work, leaking the nonsense that he, he, he spews forth, uh, even though it was only intended for his congregation. Stanley addressed a number of topics, including the controversy surrounding the unconditional conference and the church's theological stance on marriage. The 65-year-old Stanley began the message by explaining why the church opted not to stream the sermon as usual. I've made it a habit to never say anything out there that I haven't said in here first, he said. So I feel like I need to respond out there to some of the criticism, but before I respond out there, I wanted you to hear it from me first, and that's why we chose not to stream the message online. Uh, translation. Uh, I need to get the temperature of the room. So I'm going to share it with you first. Okay. And if I see your faces grow red and I see you angry, then I know it's not going to play with the public. If you, who are still sitting here at Andy Stanley's church, can't stomach this, then people who are still striving for righteousness aren't going to do it. So this, was, this, this, is, this is the whole thing. This is why he did it. He wanted to, to, to have a... a, a frame of reference to see how normal people react to this nonsense. Stanley then defended criticism he received last month from Albert Moeller, president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, who described the message of the Unconditional Conference as a departure from historic normative biblical Christianity. No kidding. Really. That's like, that, that's like saying that 
a, a, a dead deer on the side of the road in the heat of summer that's been there for six weeks smells a little. Come on, son. And yes, I, I know if you live in California, we don't have any deer here. Well, we do in Wisconsin. And come, you know, the fall and the summer, you see one on the side of the road and they start to bloat and they get bigger and then it's disgusting. Windows up, because if you walk by one of those, you'll know what it is. Stanley deflected the criticism by saying that Moeller's version of biblical Christianity is the problem. And there, it's the Bible, dummy. The Bible's the problem. Thank you, Andy Stanley for elucidating and illuminating us peasants. It's the Bible that's the problem. See, Andy Stanley would be perfectly happy if the Bible didn't exist. If he could just make it up as he does without something like the Bible slapping him in the face over and over again going, you're a heretic, you're a heretic, you're a heretic. So Andy Stanley would be perfectly fine without the Bible. It's your version of biblical Christianity that's the problem. It's not a version, Mr. Stanley. It's the Bible. If the Bible call it the sin, then it, it, is, it is the sin. His version, this version of biblical Christianity, is why people are leaving Christianity unnecessarily. Indeed. Tell people God has a standard and that'll make them leave. Okay. All right. Listen. Right now, the fastest growing religion in the world is Islam. Islam has a very high standard for morality. It's Spelled out, there are certain places in the world where if you practice the things that Mr. Andy Stanley is trying to normalize, uh, you, you, you take a long leap off a short roof. I'm not saying it's good, it's evil, it's wrong. Murder always is. However, juxtapose that with the idea that Islam is still the fastest growing religion in the world, and you tell me that it's the standards that have people fleeing the church? People like you, Mr. Stanley, that have individuals fleeing the church. It's people that don't preach righteousness, that don't preach holiness, that don't preach the whole counsel of God, that would rather do away with the Bible as a whole, because eh, it's too... It's not liberal enough. It's too constricting, isn't it? What a, what a disingenuous argument, you toad of a human. His version, this version of biblical Christianity is why people are leaving Christianity unnecessarily. No, people are leaving Christianity because Christianity isn't Christianity anymore. Mr. Stanley, I know it hurts, kids, but it's the truth. People are leaving Christianity because Christianity isn't Christianity anymore. 
It's diversion that causes people to resist the Christian faith because they can't find Jesus in the midst of all the other stuff and all the other theology and all the other complexity that gets globbed onto the message, really. Such as, Mr. Stanley, go and sin no more. It's complex. It's so complex. Why do they need to make it so hard? Repent? Oh, we can't have that. He then moved on to the matter at hand by recapping North Point's history of responding to what Stanley repeatedly referred to as either gay kids or same-sex attracted kids. Stanley offered a language disclaimer in which he noted that when a Christian student comes out as LGBT-identified, they have rarely engaged in any same-sex sort of behavior, which he called an important distinction. But you're trying to normalize it, Mr. Stanley. The realization that they're even drawn in the direction of same-sex attraction is terrifying to a middle schooler. Why is a middle schooler talking about same-sex anything? Perhaps it's the hypersexualization of middle schoolers that is causing middle schoolers to talk about same-sex attraction. And who's pushing hypersexualization of minors, Mr. Stanley? It's not the married couple with the kids. It's not the quote-unquote, yes, I did the finger quotes, heterosexuals. Who's pushing the hypersexualization of children? Who's insisting that they be allowed to read to toddlers while bouncing them on their knees, dressed in dresses even though they're men? Who's fighting to put books about perversion in school libraries and make them available to children as young as five, Mr. Stanley? You're defending evil and you're demonizing the children of God for saying this is sin. They find themselves in a battle not against the behavior. They find themselves in a battle against a defining attraction that they did not choose, but somehow has chosen them. Why is attraction defining? Huh? The pastor also repeated an assertion he made in a message he delivered in January in which he suggested that God has failed to answer the prayers of some of the LGBT community who asked him to change their hearts. No, God didn't fail. Mortify your flesh. It's what the book says. Deny your flesh. It's what the book says. Crucify your flesh. No, 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 Lord, take it away. I, I, I can't. No. This, this is what passes for Christianity. A Christless, just amalgamation of people who do whatever they want, and anytime somebody says, that's a sin... They get red in the face and they attack you as being some sort of hate monger.
So, again, this is what is happening within the confines of the modern-day church in America. Now, within the context of the unconditional conference, there was a speaker that Christians must, must adopt a new script where homosexuality is not sinful. Well, there you go. See? See? There you go. There you go. Now you understand the goal. Reverend Professor. Wow, so many titles. Reverend Professor Dr. David P. Gushi is the man who said that Christians should reinterpret Christianity and begin to celebrate perversion and homosexuality and all that good stuff. Let's, let's get into this. Uh, why? See? Now you wish I would have talked about my wife's birthday and flowers a little longer, don't you? And this was, again, the reason we're talking about this is because it was within the context of Andy Stanley's unconditional conference. You need to understand the agenda. You need to understand what's driving it. You need to understand the purpose for these things. And you need to understand that Andy Stanley and his ilk are enemies of the cross. You need to understand these things. Andy Stanley and his followers have steadfastly objected to the notion that the unconditional conference was gay-affirming in any way or was pushing a theological position about homosexuality one way or another. Well, it doesn't matter what you say. It matters what you do. And apparently, uh, Reverend Dr. Theologian Gushi uh, disagrees with Andy Stanley because once he took, took the stage, Mr. Uh, Gushi explained that his assignment from the conference organizers was to think theologically and biblically with you about issues that are relevant to having an LGBTQ child. Apparently, this involves a full-throated apologetic for being gay-affirming and urging conference-goers to develop a fresh new scripture reading. He says that he's a pastor and gospel minister who cares about presenting Jesus and his teaching in a compelling way. Oh, how compelling? So compelling that it's not even the words of Jesus anymore. Well, we know that's what the Bible says, but you need to have a fresh scripture reading. And if it doesn't align with Mr. Gushi, you keep refreshing your scripture reading until it does, okay? Lord, help me. He explains that he seeks to try to help the church follow Jesus faithfully. No, you're not. You're a liar. You're a liar, liar, liar that his job is to take real-life issues and think about them from the ground up. What's there to think about? Huh? If you're 
insisting that homosexuality no longer be referred to as sinful, then what of, I don't know, adultery, theft, murder, alcoholism? I mean, where, where, where do we draw the line at this is sin and this isn't? Because everything the Bible says is sin is sin, regardless of what Mr. Gushi tries to say. Develop a fresh new scripture reading. Oh, mercy. Gushi offers that the traditional script, it's not a script, it's the word of God, you name. Gushi offers that the traditional script is shaped by reading of what I call the six big passages, which are chosen based on a concordance approach to the Bible. Gushi claims that there are only six Bible passages that speak to the issue. But the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, so you got three over, perhaps even four over. Should be a settled argument, shouldn't it, Mr. Gushi? These things, though, are usually thought without any kind of serious exegesis of the language or discussion of the cultural background. So God changes with culture. I got it. See, there you go. Mr. Gushi explained it. Stop banging your Bible and saying that's what the Bible says. God changes with the culture. To put a finer point on it, he says, adopting the unhelpful script that homosexuality is a sin predictably results in a negative spiritual, psychological, and relational consequence. So if uh, you read your Bible you're, uh, and, and you disagree with Mr. Gushi, then uh, you're reading the wrong script. See? And, and, and the moment that it became the accepted narrative that you're born this way, this sort of nonsense was inevitable. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this because I'm going to get angry. And if I get angry, I'm going to say things that, <sighs> although true, uh, uh, will be said in a very unloving manner. But hey, why stop there? Because I, I need you to see just how, how this, this, this entire narrative is coalescing into one big stream. Pope Francis... Yes, that Pope says he's open to blessing gay unions. In a groundbreaking letter, Kel Supri, I know, the only ones that are still, never mind, I, Rising Phoenix, in a message sent to several retired cardinals, Pope Francis has said he's open to priests blessing homosexual relationships so long as there is no suggestion that they're blessing gay marriages or that these ceremonies are to be likened to marriage. Really? Really? 
One step closer. How, what, next year? Oh, I, I've had a change of heart. We're actually going to do that now. While there's no such thing as a good pope, since, uh, you know, they're all the head of an evil and wicked <laughs> church, quote-unquote, Francis has been particularly noxious and vexatious doing things like affirming the faith of Joe Biden and saying he would never refuse him communion because of the president's love for abortion being between him and God. Uh, well, now he's uh, gone one step further. I know. See? Oh, but, you know, he's... No. You have to acknowledge the fact that people in every denomination, including Catholicism, Orthodoxy, ecumenicalism, there are people in positions of power that are pushing an agenda. And that agenda is a further distancing from the word and will of God. I know it's the wrong script, according to Dr. Gushi, but still, sometimes... You just got to say, this is what the Bible says. Now, on uh, a different note, but still as relevant for the times that we're living in, 71% of American citizens don't trust the U.S. government to prevent doomsday. Uh I would like to see a poll uh, that questions or asks how many people believe that the U.S. government is actively trying to bring about doomsday. That would be a worthwhile poll. U.S. politics continue to be a chaotic subject, and a new poll finds the majority of Americans are rapidly losing faith in their country's leaders. I wonder why. Understand that their actions and their words have repercussions. They have to. The fact that there seems to be no justice for certain people and an excessive exuberance for maximum destruction concerning others, these things are not done in a vacuum. The average citizen sees this for what it is. Nobody's blind to the reality of what is happening in this country. And so why would you have faith in a corrupt government? Why would you have faith in a corrupt system? Why would you have faith in corrupt people who've been lining their pockets for decades, who are unconcerned with the welfare of the average citizen and only pretend to be concerned with their welfare every election cycle? Hmm? It's a good question, isn't it? By the way, Diane Feinstein, uh, no longer among us. She 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 was probably uh, a little short of lucid for the last eight ten months. But hey, she got a vote in the Senate. Was she a senator or a congressperson? I don't care. At this point, who cares? Look, no matter what these people do, save for national repentance, is going to matter in the final analysis. 
what was it, Gavin Newsom, uh, his, his big uh, exciting news the other day was that he appointed the first homosexual or lesbian senator in Dianne Feinstein's place. Because that, that qualifies her right there. Are you sexually depraved? Well, you're qualified to be in the U.S. Senate. But yeah, 71% of people don't trust that the U.S. government can prevent doomsday. Nothing, nothing can prevent doomsday. The fact that some in the U.S. government are actively trying to bring it about should scare you. Uh, but, but, but the cracks are starting to show. Look, uh, auto workers are on strike. You already knew that. Now, uh, Kaiser Permanente workers are also on strike. Tens of thousands of them. And look, we all go to the store. And unless you have your food delivered or you have a manservant that goes and gets your Kobe steak. Because if you have a manservant and you're not eating Wagyu or Kobe, what are you doing with your life? But that said, we all know what prices used to be for just anything across the board and what they are today. People are feeling it. And the thing is, rather than, than grabbing their elected official by the scruff of their shirt and going, what's going on? They're putting pressure on their employers to raise their salaries. But the employers themselves, they aren't making any more profit than they were. And it's highly unlikely that anyone would be willing to cut into their own profits to stave off the inflationary pressure that their employees are feeling. And if it happens that tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people get a pay bump, everything else will start going up in price again. You know, if you're paying 22 bucks an hour for somebody to flip your burger, you can't expect them to sell you a burger for 99 cents anymore. And they're realizing that, you know, people are finding ways around it. Now a robot is flipping your burger but you're still paying more than you used to. And that's the way the cycle goes. And there's no way out of this tailspin. Not without a lot of pain, not without shutting down government. I know what would happen. Nothing. Nothing would happen. What last time government shut down, uh, they closed national parks. Inconvenient, I know, but still. Compared to all the things that are going on, shutting down national parks seems to be a small one. But don't worry about it. If we refuse funding to Ukraine, all right, that's, that's the red line. We're going to shut it all down. Russia launches fresh wave of Iranian drones against Ukraine. That's the newest headline. And again, I am saddened for the Ukrainian people. It, 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 they're, they're people and they're dying by the hundreds because Europe and the U.S. keeps sending weapons over there half the stuff they don't even know how to use the propaganda machine keeps churning on the world they're close, they're going to win they're not going to win 
They have no chance of winning now. Even even Zelensky's admitting, eh, slim chance. But hey, don't worry. If we if we send over enough money, they can build a wall of hundred dollar bills between the Ukrainian border and the Russian border, and that way, it'll fix the problem. Oh, th- did you see? By the way, finally, uh, we're we're getting tough on immigration, kids. Illegal immigration. Mr. Jose Robinette Biden's building a wall. If you didn't throw up a little bit in your mouth, then, then, then you don't know what the whole discussion about a wall has been for the last six years, eight years, whatever it was. Uh, it, it's, it's, look, I, I, I can't. I can't say it's better late than never because it's not. You're, you're building two miles of wall. They're still going to get through. And the millions and millions that have come across the board in the last five, six years, what are you going to do with them? But Russia, again, targeted Ukraine with drones in another massive attack today, Thursday, as uh, Volodymyr Zelensky traveled to Spain to rally support from Western allies at a summit of some 50 European leaders. Now, see, I am not a conspiracy theorist. Let me begin by saying that. But the timing of the Russian attack on the eve of Zelensky going to try to get support from Europe seems... Fortuitous and serendipitous for the Ukrainians, doesn't it? Are you saying they bombed their own people? For a few billion bucks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it proven? Nope, can't prove it. But I'm sure that the Russians will deny it at some point. It is very convenient that... This took place on the eve of him going to try to get some more money. Mm. I hope I'm wrong. Look, I, I hope people aren't as evil-hearted as they seem to be. But I were a wagering man, dollars to donuts. This was way too convenient. Time-wise, the attack came as Zelensky arrived in Grenada in southern Spain to attend a summit of the European political community, which was formed in the wake of Russia's February 2022 invasion of Ukraine. A year and a half, kids, this has been going on. Yeah, it, it is so convenient. I, if you believe the propaganda that all the Russians are vodka-swiggling idiots then don't worry about it. If you believe, however, that uh, there's one or two military minds there, they could have waited. It it was bad timing if the Russians did it. Very bad timing. And I honestly, I I give them more credit than that, militarily speaking. Uh, Because... Somebody, I, I heard it somewhere. Uh, somebody told you all the Russians have to do is sit back and wait. 
You control the oil, you control the food. Eventually, they'll come knocking on your door. Um, I don't... Mm, I'm not seeing it. I honestly, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that I don't know, some, some, somebody pushed a button from Russia and it was the Russians. I'm not hoping. I, that's the wrong way to use it. I, don't, I hope the story's true, even though it's a horrible thing, because the alternative would be that the Ukrainians did this in order to capitalize on Zelensky's meeting in Spain. That's all I'm going to say about that, okay? Oh, and as far as I, I still have all my fingers and all my toes, even after yesterday's emergency alert. Can we grow up once, please, just one time? Can, can we realize where we are biblically and grow up and stop going on and on about these tinfoil things? Look, reality is bad enough. The reality, for, for, for those who understand what's happening and the pieces that are being put into motion, reality is terrifying if you don't know Jesus. So you don't have to make up, man, you're going to grow a tail if you don't turn off your phone and stick it in your microwave. What? But anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, in case you're planning on going to France, uh, <laughs> don't. And it's not people that smell like body odor. There's plenty of those in America, too. However, uh, there's a bed bug infestation in Paris. I know. Right now, I see you scratching at yourself. It's horrible. There is a bed bug infestation in Paris. And as the kids like to say, it couldn't have happened to better people. That's mean, isn't it? But better them than you, I guess. Uh, they creep, they crawl, they feast on your blood as you sleep. Politicians. I kid. See, we needed a little levity. You're welcome. They creep, they crawl, they feast on your blood as you sleep. They may travel in your clothes or backpacks to find another person worth dining on, on the subway or at the cinema. Nobody calls it the cinema anymore, but that's fine. Uh, you know, I guess uh, artistic license. Bed bugs go where you go, and they have become a nightmare haunting France for weeks. So uh, I'm, I'm sure, what was it, the protesters, last time they burnt half of Paris, maybe somebody should get on the horn. Because uh, if you burn down the other half of Paris, that'll, that'll fix the bed bug problem. But that was, honestly, that was a good joke. You got to admit, they creep, they crawl, they feast on your blood as you sleep. Politicians, you're welcome to use it. By the way, you don't have to give me credit because I'm a giver. Uh, in, enough people uh, make entire hour-long videos off the things I say and never give me credit. Why would you give me credit for a joke? Uh, but this is where we are. Uh, and, and even with all that's going on, even with everything that we're seeing, it make, makes you... Scratch your head. Um, we haven't seen the worst yet. And I keep going back to this because I think it's a relevant thing. Most people don't have the necessary constitution to weather what's about to come down. 
to weather what's about to descend, not just on America, but the world. Look, you have to understand that if the, if the American economy takes a nosedive, the world follows shortly after. There won't be one nation in the world that will remain unscathed. And the ones that are going hungry, uh, the idea of going to war over resources will become uh, more and more appealing. Because it's also their form of distraction. If you want to distract your population from the fact that things are bad, pick a fight. The only thing is, you better be certain that the fight you're picking is winnable. You better be certain that you're going to win the fight you pick. Because if your people are hungry and hurting and you lose a fight, and your boys come home bloodied and in body bags too, that's no bueno, as they would say in California. So uh, just everything, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. It's what the book says. And if you expect anything less, uh, then I guess, uh, you know, get on board with Andy Stanley and – Find your way to a different narrative, to a different interpretation. Because there's only two choices. Either believe the truth and prepare for it. Either believe the word of God and walk as though the things Jesus said were going to happen are going to happen. Or embrace the nutbaggery that has become modern-day Christianity. Just anything you don't like, you develop a fresh new scripture reading, a new way of seeing it, and eventually what you have is something that is so different from the gospel, something that is so different from the way of righteousness, that even the godless stand there going, wow, you people really just off the deep end, didn't you? These are the days. And so all we can do is work at our salvation with fear and trembling. Because, and this is one of those things that gives me hope and joy, Christianity is not collective. It's individual. The soul that sins will die. The soul that lives in righteousness, the soul that lives in holiness, the soul that lives in obedience will see the Lord face to face and be welcomed into his kingdom. Binary. I know, but there's so... No, everything is binary. Man and woman, heaven or hell, good times. Anyway, kids, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. God bless you. God keep you. We'll see you next week. I'll tell you if the wife liked the flowers. Uh, Until then, I'm sure Gino has a tidbit of wisdom to share with you. If he doesn't, It's on him. He should have prepared. All right. God bless. Thank you, Mike. Yes, I tried to prepare. And I've been thinking about what Mike said about the Pope. You know, the amount of people in the Catholic Church. I don't know the statistic, but it's sizable. And you wonder, what does it take for parishioners to go, this is heresy. You know, this is wrong. 
for a pope or a Catholic bishop to come out and follow blind allegiance to a religion like I grew up that way. That's probably the way it is. Our family's Catholic or whatever. Well, what matters is when you meet Jesus that you're a Christian of the Bible, walking with the Lord. And you just got to, same thing with Mormonism, things like that. How do people follow, you know, the teachings of Joseph Smith? Just, they're nuts. Off the wall teachings, you know. Adulterer, but died a brutal death. You know, this, it's just, you just wonder why, isn't it better to follow Christ and just have Jesus? Jesus said in the last days, and rather, and Paul said, you know, Jesus said, when I come back, will I find faith? The hearts of many will go cold. And Paul said, you know, in the last days to Timothy, perilous times will come. I, I just think following blind heresy, you know, and it is heresy. To give approval to gay unions is heresy, heretical, against God's word. Same thing with Andy Stanley. I don't know how many people go to his church. But where's the discernment to know the word of God so we don't fall into these traps and even laud these people as any kind of spokesperson for God? I don't consider the Pope for God on any level. You know, I could, when you start allowing gay unions and you say that's okay with God, you're, you're, you can't say you're a spokesperson for the Lord. What matters is we have Christ follow the Lord and obey his word. Thank you for listening to the Light of Truth broadcast. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com. Or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you. They are all the-